Welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. On this show, we talk about sports debates, topics, events, or anything really going on in sports. Today, we are going to talk about the NCAA basketball. Now, everybody knows NCAA basketball is the second best college sport that there is out there. And we are going to go over some rankings. We're going to jump into a little bit of West Virginia. We're going to jump into a little bit of the NIL deal. And then finally, we will touch up on why NCAA basketball has fallen off as far as it kind of has. The top 10 in the NCAA basketball right now is Purdue, Tennessee, Houston, Alabama, Arizona, Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas, UCLA, and Texas. Now, Purdue has the best record in the country with a 21-1 record in the Big Ten. That's pretty crazy as we've really not seen Purdue up there that much in the past couple years. We have, though, have seen Houston. Houston is standing in at number three at 20-2. and two. We thought last year they'd probably be a good team. They've really panned out, and we, we see how they're playing, and they're going to be a real contender in March Madness. Alabama, we've seen them come up over the past couple years, here they are. They're arrived. They're here. They're ready to play. They look really competitive this year, and I'm really happy to see it. They did lose a terrible loss to Oklahoma in the Big 12 SEC battle. Still having an incredible season. Kansas is at number eight. You know, Kansas is there every single year. The crazy part is, is that their rival Kansas State is right with them. Kansas State has been battling this year with an 18-4 record, tying Kansas with their record actually taking the number seven spot and Kansas taking the number eight spot. Now, where does this where does this leave West Virginia? Because we're gonna jump into a little bit of a topic about West Virginia. West Virginia is ninth in the Big Twelve. They are I don't I, I don't know how to say it. I wanna say it's disappointing because of how many good teams there are in the Big Twelve. Like it'd be different if you had Duke and North Carolina and, you know, the ACC going crazy, but now we're seeing the SEC's going a little bit crazy. The Big 12 is actually insane. There's a lot of pretty good teams in the Big 12 this year. Texas is really good. Baylor's really good. TCU's really good. Then you have Kansas and Kansas State. Like you have multiple teams in the Big 12 that are really good this year. And to see West Virginia at the bottom of the tier is is super disappointing and I, I wish I wish it really wasn't that way. I don't understand it. You got Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins is a really great coach. I've obviously stated what I thought about him and maybe why he shouldn't be the West Virginia head coach. That's a story for another day. And if you really want to do listen to that podcast, please tune into that podcast. It was a really challenging one for me to talk about, but it's one that I suggest and enjoyed talking about. And maybe I'll jump back into it again in the future. But for right now, West Virginia had had a pretty good team offensively. This is probably one of his best offensive teams. Eric Stevenson has really put on a clinic this year. He's he's balling. This kid really can shoot the three-point. He had an incredible game the other night versus Auburn, and West Virginia coming out with that win on 80-77. Then, on Tuesday night, they held TCU. Now, they lost 76-72. Eric Stevenson had 17 points, Mitchell had 6 rebounds, and Stevenson also had 4 assists. They lost 76-72 three games before they beat them 74-65. We clearly can see West Virginia is the better team, but they do not play that well on the road. 
West Virginia has a really hard time playing on the road. The schedule panned out pretty well in the beginning. They were playing super, super well. They fit, They had a 4-0 start. Then they lost to Purdue, who's the number one team in the country. But they didn't lose terribly bad. They only lost by 12 points, 80-68. to Stevenson had 17 in that game. They win. They beat Florida. They, they blew out Florida 84-55 and went to 6-1. and Then they lost to Xavier. Xavier is up and down every year. Sometimes they have good teams. Sometimes they don't. It's... But they are they are kind of a basketball school, so I guess I could see how they lose that game. Then West Virginia goes back on a four-game winning streak and then to a five-game losing streak. They lose to Kansas State in overtime, drop to 10-3. and three. Then they lose to Oklahoma State, 67-60, drop to 10-4. and four. Lose to Kansas, which Kansas is always a dominant team. To be honest with you, if you can beat them, you're pretty lucky. Uh, 76-62. At home, then we played Baylor, went to ten and six, zero and four in the conference at this point. Eighty three to seventy eight was the score of that game. Losing a wrenching defeat against Oklahoma Saturday, January fourteenth, seventy seven seventy six, and dropped to ten and seven. Think about what I just said there. On December twenty second, we had just finished off our four game winning streak. We were at 10-2. and two. By Saturday, January 14th, we were 10-7, and 0-5 oh in the conference. I mean, uh, how, much, how much worse can it get, can, get than that? They did come back, though, at home on the 18th, play TCU, 174-65. Lose to Texas, 69-61, at home the 21st, then went back-to-back, and then lose to TCU. Like, it's so up and down, and the thing that bothers me the most is, why is everybody else being able to succeed, but West Virginia never can succeed? Now, I've stated this on my radio show, The Countdown, that it is hard to get talent to compete in the Big 12 when you're 2,000 miles away. But then yet again, in basketball, it's a little different situation, in my opinion. There, there are players in the ACC that can compete with players in the Big 12. There's a lot of talent up in this area, up in the Northeast, or right in the middle, right in the Mideast. I don't understand why it's like this. Why does West Virginia have to suffer? Why do we, why do we have to deal with this almost every year? And then people say, bring back the press Virginia. But it, at the end of the day, if you can't score points, what does it matter? Yeah, we could we could cover the whole floor with these guys, but what does it matter if they can score 15 to 20 points and we can't get back into the game? Does it really matter at that point? Are, are we sure that Press Virginia is really the right way to go around with this? Now, I know Bob Huggins is a great head coach. I don't think he should be the West Virginia head coach anymore. The guy, The guy is pretty incredible. Yes, he has a great winning record. Yes, he's done great things. And what I mean by incredible is he's probably a one lucky coach that you're wanting to have around because he's loyal, because he fights for his team. But at the end of the day, it's it's getting it done. Can you get it done? He's not getting it done. And I think that's the hardest thing for us fans of the Mountaineers to really realize is, are we okay with being mediocre when everybody else in the same conference is succeeding? 
Why, why are you okay with that? Why is anybody okay with that? I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about the West Virginia Mountaineers. I really want them to succeed. I really want them to improve. But changes got to be made. I know people are saying, well, we'll get them next year. We're not getting them next year. We're not getting anybody next year. We're going to be in the same position we were the year before. And it's just going to continue to keep happening and happening and happening until changes are made. That, now that's my opinion. But if you can fire a football coach and Dana Holgerson, who at the end of the day, what's your goal? Your goal is to win the for fans is to win the big one, but to win your conference. Bob Huggins hasn't won the Big 12, and neither did Dana Holgerson, but one got fired, and one's still there, and one's still called a legend. Yes, he has a great winning record. Yes, he's been around for a long time. But at the end of the day, the accomplishments mean something. you got to be able to show people that, hey, we're competable. Hey, we're here. Hey, I can coach this team just as well as anybody else. It's just it's not working out that way. And I don't know what they're going to do about it. And maybe they don't do anything. And that's okay. If they're okay with that, that's fine. I really want them to be able to compete in the Big 12. I want them to prove themselves. Even though my personal opinion, I don't think we should be in the Big 12. We should be in the ACC. It's closer to us. We can play all our rivals. We can recruit better in the ACC. But it is what it is at the end of the day. We'll see. We'll see for the future. I don't know what to make of it right now, but we'll see for the future. Now jumping into the NIL deal. Reason I want to touch in on this topic. It's affecting college basketball. College basketball is not what it was. Everybody can tell you that. It's not as popular anymore. Yes, it is the second largest college sport. Yes, people, it's on national television. We can watch it. And it's enjoyable, but at the same time... It's not what it was. You can't really enjoy it as much as you used to. And the reason is is because these kids can go out and leave these schools and go somewhere else within a year. So here's how this process works. When When these kids leave high school, these superstar players, whether it's in football or basketball, doesn't really matter. They get a choice of where you want to go. Then they also get recruited. And then people pitch. These colleges pitch money. Hey, we'll give you this and this if you come here. And another college comes wrong. Well, we're going to give you this and this and this and this and this if you come play for us. And then somebody goes and plays for them. And then has a pretty good season and says, well, you know, I don't really like this place. I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. I want to play for somebody else. Leaves. Okay, well, now he's back in this transfer portal. Well, now other people are recruiting him. Now other colleges are recruiting him. Hey, well, the same process goes on and over and over and over again. And these kids are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not funny. The original dream is to play for your university, win, prove yourself and establish yourself as a great player, have a chance to go to the draft, get drafted by the NBA or the NFL, and then you know, make your money and succeed from there. That's not the case anymore, ladies and gentlemen. These kids are making hundreds, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. To the point where some of these guys are getting money on top of a place to live, a really nice place to live, 
on top of cars, on top of Rolexes and all these crazy expensive amounts of jewelry. These guys are getting it all. Are we really, really okay with paying kids all that money as a university and then letting them walk out the door? So we're telling me, say we just paid somebody $300,000 to play for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Football or basketball. Okay, well, we paid him. We expect him, as a university, to stay around. I mean, if somebody gave you $300,000, would you stay around for like three years? If they're going to say, hey, you're a college student. You're a professional. You're a great athlete. We want you to stay and play for us and help us compete. Okay, we'll give you $300,000 to do that. So my so would you stay around? That's a hundred thousand a year right there. Most people would say, yeah, I would I would definitely do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I would I would love to be an athlete and be a college kid again, or kids in high school now be a college kid and say I get to I get to make money, I get to play for the school I love, and everything else. But no. No. These kids, they make that money. They get that money from the college. Then they move on to another college that's giving them more money. So somebody's obviously, these kids have broken the system to where they can go here and here and here and here and here and make tons of money for it. It's just insane. Like, what's the point of having college basketball? What's the point of playing for your university? What's the point of getting drafted or wanting to get drafted or wanting to be a superstar in this league when, A, you can go to the G League in the NBA now, they pay you, you you play professionals, and then you work your way up into those organizations and then get drafted. Or B, I mean, what what is the point? You you really don't have to play. If you can prove that you're good enough for one year, you can just up and leave for the pros. It shouldn't be about playing for money. It should be about playing for your university, playing for the team you grew up loving, giving them a chance to win a national championship, or maybe, or maybe a smaller school trying to win some type of, some type of championship. At the end of the day, it's always trying to win the biggest trophy. But if you can take them to the tournament championship or something like that, it matters. That stuff matters. And at the end of the day, you're just doing it for the money. You don't really care about the place you're at. Because you keep jumping school to school, and then you get drafted, and then you get a whole bunch of more money from the pros. You wasted the fan, the average fan time of watching that game because you all you cared about was the money. Why they care about the school, why they care about watching you. They want to see you, they want to see their university succeed. And it just not it's not happening. It's not gonna happen like that. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. So what are we going to do to fix it? Well, the NCAA clearly hasn't done anything. They should have been fixing this a while ago. As soon as it, as soon as this thing ran out the door, there was like all these chances. As soon as it became public, they should have had rules, restrictions. Hey, you can't just transfer every year. You got to transfer every you can every two years maybe. Like you got to sign on a place for two years at max, and then you can leave. At least it gives the the fan base relevance. Like you're there, and 
you get to be there. And then we get a connection and you get attached to the sport again and fans start coming back. When, when you're moving from sport to sport, when you're moving from team to team to team, does it really matter? The attachment's never there because they know you're going to leave. So for the university's benefit, you get to keep them longer. So the money actually matters, depending on how much you pay them. And then at the same time, you have rules and stuff that can keep this thing under check. But I think the one thing that the NCAA is missing is a commissioner. There is nobody at the helm of this. There's nobody in charge of anything. At this point, if you're going to pay these kids, this is like a mini professional league. It's a mini professional league to the big leagues. You got to have somebody in charge of these thousands of kids. Just like you do in these professional sports, having in charge in front of charge of these owners, having in charge of the players and all these different rules and restrictions. You got to have them or it's chaos and things go wrong real fast. And that's what happened. And that's what's going on in NCAA basketball. And that's what's going on in NCAA football and every other NCAA sport. There is just a complete chaos and a mess. And I don't really think anybody knows how to fix it. I mean, they could try, but it doesn't seem like that's going to work. You got to have somebody strong headed, a leader. And I'll give you my personal opinion who I would pick if it was me to have in there at the helm of the leading as the commissioner of the NCAA, Nick Saban. Now, Nick Saban is a, Alabama's head coach, football. The guy, if you ever listen to him talk, he knows what he's talking about. He's a leader. People listen to him. Players in every sport listen to him. He's one of the, the most experienced in some of these sports. He's been around for a long time. He's seen the game change many times. And with him at the helm of this, if you wanted to do different, I guess if you want to do commissioner maybe for basketball, Mike Krzyzewski would be perfect for it. But for football, same deal. He could lead it all. He could keep in charge after he retires from the University of Alabama. But that would be my suggestion. Is that ever going to happen? Probably not. It'd just be good for college sports to have a commissioner, to have rules, to have some regulations, just so we understand that this means something. This is not about money. This is not the pros. Make it mean something for the universities and the fan bases. Because college sports is dying, ladies and gentlemen. It is. The only thing about college, why is college football not depleted as much as NCAA basketball? Because of the popularity of football. Football's America's sport. Just because of that, it'll keep it afloat. But everything else, it's completely failed. So I hope there's change, and I hope we get to see change for the future. I hope it, I hope it's better. Maybe, maybe it gets better. I hope it does. And that's what we need. That's what we need. We just need somebody at the helm, the NCAA really stepping in, regulations and everything else. And for the Mountaineers... That's a long story. That's something that somebody's going to have to figure out. Anyway, thank you for joining TCAM's Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. And thank you for listening. We'll see you all next time. Take care.